0: This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. All right, welcome to another edition of Unlock Astrology with the one and only Samuel Reynolds. Let me thank you for being here. Hey.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Listen, um, and for people who are in, uh, go down the rabbit hole. You know, go back to the first episode that we did, give it a thumbs up, like it, share it, because this is a journey that we're gonna go on. That this, we're gonna take you on a journey, but it requires that you have all information, all the information. I think a lot of people start, Sam, in the middle of a story. People jump in, that's they true. go into the comments, watching the first five minutes, or the first couple of minutes, cause they got, they know what this is. Go back, find out the origin story, how we got here. Um, and I think that's super important that you, you know, that you, like you went on a journey. You didn't just come into astrology, you know, like I got this. You were a skeptic, you were a Baptist minister, you were an atheist, you're now a uh, practicing uh, Muslim, Muslim. And, and it was through the exploration that you arrived and landed at this space. So, you know, before we get into the individual signs, just give people, and I'm still a skeptic, so let me just be clear, even though I do think that there's something to when you're born, so let's, let's start there. Like I won't go to my horoscopes to see what's going to happen. Cause I think, you know, we talked about this last time. I'm not doing that, but what is it about the signs? And when you were born, when you meet somebody, you're like, oh, I know that person is, is a Sagittarius. I know that person is definitely a Gemini because I have, oh yeah, you act like Kanye and Donald Trump, you know, like, what is it about the signs and the personality types or traits that, that come with these signs?
1: People like some elements of control. um, It's part of our evolutionary impulse to find ways in order to keep ourselves safe, to be able to group people or have some way of knowing them. There's a good and bad element to that, especially as it relates to astrology. The good element of it is that, I think more on a personal level, that if you kind of come to understand the general rubric of a sign, you have some way by which to understand a little more about yourself. And I think that becomes the most useful aspect of it, <clears throat> especially if your start your starting point is the idea of a sun sign. So for instance, you know, for me, you know, I got a Scorpio on my arm, tattooed on my arm, and a Phoenix. And you might remember when we last talked about it, you know, I was on this. Thing, this journey, part of my journey was like, am I a Scorpio or I'm a Sag, which is it? And part of embracing the scorpion was embracing the pathway to transformation, acknowledging what might be base within myself toward going what's elevated, which is the idea of the Phoenix. And I loved that imagery and I felt that that was something to you know, attach to in the terms of ego development as an aspiration as some way, not just about who I am, but who I could be, who I wanted to be. And And I think-
0: Pause there, because I think, you know, so many of us, and and for me, the reason why I'm doing this, you know, is because we're not just unlocking astrology, we're not just jailbreaking the university within class with car on a Saturday, but this is really about people being free, for me because the freer people are i think the better society is the sure. more we're mm-hmm. not locked into these constraints of what you know society says we should be or our parents or what we think you know and we start to explore who are we because until individuals can be their full selves we can't have a full complete society and this is that journey like what makes me tick what what are the best elements that will bring out the best in me you know what kind of people do i need around me to be better Yeah.
1: I mean, it's nothysayatan, which means know thyself, right? So I think the best of learning astrology on the lobby level, which is what I'm talking about, when you start talking about signs, you're talking about the lobby level of a very huge skyscraper, literally astrology. And so, you know, I think the best aspect of learning, like your sign, is through learning more about yourself as an entryway. The worst of it is when you start typing and doing the typology of other people, and where that often goes wrong, I, you know, from memes to people saying like, "You just said, you know, oh, you're a Gemini, you two-faced idiot, um, you like, yeah, I had to go there because that's always what comes up, you know." And Geminis are usually gracious enough not to say like, "Well, you, you're grammar challenged," um, but. You know, you're you like, oh yeah, you're like Kanye, or you're like uh, Donald Trump, or you're like Newt Gingrich, or Rudy Giuliani, all of them are Geminis, um, and so is Prince, right? So there is a thread between those. I can get to that when we talk about Gemini, but there is a thread in terms of how those men, and even some women kind of aggregate a certain way, but people start focusing on more what they know about the sign, rather than having contemplated the fuller dimensions of the sign. Now, how do you get to more of the fuller dimensions of the sign? Because we haven't even talked about, I think everyone should have a fuller dimension of their chart. You know, when people call into the show, I start talking to them about their charts. They might think like, oh, then this is true about Aries. I'm not talking about, you know, Aries or Taurus. I'm talking about them as what happens to their particular chart. So um, that's what becomes essential you know, in terms of packing, unpacking that. So when people really get into like, oh, he's an Aries, I'm a Gemini, or I'm a Pisces, they start thinking about all their stereotypes. The other thing they start thinking about in terms of compatibility, because people come up to me all the time, like, listen, I'm a, you know, a Scorpio, and she's a Gemini, are we compatible? Now, how I hear that is, I'm from Brooklyn, she's from Queens, are we compatible, right? Which is like, You just gave me a bit of useless information like I don't I don't have enough from this to be able to give you much of anything so it's like I said the lobby level it's the superficial level it's the entry point and I think it's best as a starting point for understanding oneself but when you start getting into other people I will just say you generally may not know enough
0: okay all right so Let's, let's start there. What is it about when you were born, the time you were born? Because you always ask, you know, when were you born? What time? You know, why does that matter? And what does that have to do with your personality traits or what your proclivities are?
1: I'm gonna give you a spiritual answer and then I'm gonna give you, you know, an answer from more my skeptical, practical self, right? The spiritual answer is that you choose to incarnate. Whether for some people who believe in reincarnation, you reincarnate at a particular time because you are selecting the time um, that where the heavens and the circumstances, you know, connected to what those meanings are with the heavens, um, come more into focus and match what will be your life conditions. So that is the off given spiritual idea that you know as you descend from the heavens through the planets that the combination of where the planets are are more descriptive of who you are Mm. and that that's even from you know ancient times when i say ancient times in terms of like this was greek thought this was egyptian thought there's a lot of different people who thought this is kind of how a soul comes into being Um, then the time becomes important because what the ancients were aware of is that where you are on the planet also relates to the sense of the time and relates to the sense of like how things happen. So, for instance, you and I are talking nine thirty in the morning, whereas you know there's some people who are just getting up in California, on a different part of the the globe, right, six thirty. So when I say different part of the globe, the nation, and so the particular time gives a unique set of circumstances of where the planets are and what signs are coming up at a particular time. So for instance, let's say, I mean, I know you're a Taurus. Um, It may be that when you were born, and let's say you were born at dawn, then you would be a Taurus rising. But two hours later, if you had been born at eight o'clock, you would have been a Gemini rising, right? So, because the signs come above the heavens Every two hours, roughly, depending on the latitude. Because if you were born at a certain different latitude, like higher latitude, you might in fact become just, you know, even along the same longitude, you might in fact instead, because it might ri- ri- rise faster, you might actually be um, a Gemini rising, irrespective of the fact that it wasn't even two hours later. Because depending on where you're, you are on the globe, things happen differently you know, in terms of the space of time and how the planets come up or how the signs come up. So that really does matter to an astrologer. And you might say like, well, why does it matter? Because your rising sign dictates how your story actually unfolds. So it becomes the most unique aspect of yourself. People think, oh, the sun sign is most important. Well, the sun sign just gives you the larger sense of the story. Um, Gives you the larger sense of the story. It just gives you the the broad sense that, you know, as the story, you know, is unfolding, you know, um, because the sun at a particular point, you know, at a particular day, let's say today it's at one degree of Sagittarius, on this particular day, it's gonna be true for most of the day. That's not gonna be true for the rising sign. Like I said, it changes pretty quickly and even changes by degree pretty quickly. So that's gonna give us a whole different way by which for this unique person at this unique time, their story is going to unfold. So that's why you know, astrologers, are always, you know, astrologers always seem like, oh, what's your time? When were you born, right? Where? Because that will unfold more the unique path of your story.
0: And by story, right? So can you predict what will happen to me based on the charts?
1: I can't predict everything that will happen to you, or I can predict that there may be some things that the theme or things related to events in you know, particular aspects of your life. So it may be that you know, looking at the relationship between the sun and the moon or things related to the moon, because the moon deals with our beginnings, our parents, I might be able to see, you know, based on different other techniques, predictive techniques, where the moon is challenged at a certain time, so that might point to an issue related to your home life or even specifically your mother, right? Now, will I be able to know whether it's your home life or specifically your mother? Not necessarily. I could take an educated guess, right, based on other things that I see in the chart. Now, there are some traditions where they feel like they can map out Everything that happens in a person's life, you know, whether that's the Vedic tradition in India, but I am still skeptical of that. I think, you know, because one of the things people love to romanticize, especially about the Vedic tradition, is that I can tell you exactly what's going to happen in your life when because it's written. Like, um, in India, there is the practice where they will write out a person's whole life um, at the child's birth. Now,
0: wait, wait, pe- what? What good is that, right? I mean. Let's, let's take it back to the spiritual for a second. And of course, Samuel Reynolds is in the building. Um, unlock th- astrology. We're all born with unique fingerprints, right? I, I keep going back to that because that has to be a reason. There has to be mm-hmm. a reason why we have a unique uh, circumstance, unique fingerprints. Why chart out somebody's life when they haven't lived it yet? You know, like I don't understand spiritually how that allows you to become your full self if it's already been charted, that this is who you're gonna be.
1: Well, there's a couple different answers to that. And again, just to specify, this is not the, the common practice of most Western astrologers. And I'm not shaming you know, the Vedic counterparts, but um, one reason I understand that they may do that and that may be useful, um, I can give you one example from one Indian friend of mine um when um he got when he got married um his astrologer i- g- i guess also mapped out for his wife, so one of the things that he told him is that at this particular age this particular point she is likely to have a heart attack right so wait what
0: that on a chart
1: yes so what did happen in his particular case, knowing that that was going to happen, he took extra precautions. She was going to a conference. She went to a conference and he took extra precautions. He told her not to go to the conference, but she wasn't listening to him. Um, so she went and, but he actually was prepared, you know, in terms of getting her and taking care of her. So she did in fact have that heart attack. And um, by virtue of being able to be there, she has now survived. She's fine, right?
0: I, I'm struggling with this,
1: Samuel. So, okay.
0: You're telling me on a chart, you can tell if somebody's going to have a heart attack. Now,
1: yeah, there's some, yeah, there, there's there are a- actually some parts of a tradition where that can be happening. Now, here's the part where I rectify it. Many, you know, astrologers use that. Especially Vedic will say, like, this is the power of it. You know, like I can tell you that this, you know, and they believe. In their astrology but they also don't document and talk about the times when they're wrong right i have a friend in india who sent me um a chart where she said donald trump was going to win and she said by how many points blah blah blah. you know her astrologer said by how many points he was going to win or how many votes and i was like that's not going to happen because one i mean he probably doesn't understand our system it's not going to be by the number of votes and i don't believe he's going to win the popular election which proved true. He didn't win the popular election. And as far as we know right now, he didn't win. So there are ways in which they may believe in the art of their science in that, that specific degree that they can get that, you know, particular. Like I went to an astrologer in India. I went to several astrologers in India. You know, an astrologer told me when I was going to die. But he also told me how I was going to die. Now, let me tell you this story right quick. He said, well, I see you dying from a bite. What kind of bite? It could be, you know, it could be a dog bite, a snake bite, or maybe even a mosquito bite, right? You know, scorpion bite or something like this, right? So in my mind, <clears throat> being an astrologer myself, you know, I didn't say anything aloud, but in my head I said that has to be the most useless bit of information I've ever gotten in my life, right? What am I going to do with that? Stay in the house, avoiding anything that might bite me? So some measure of it is going to be useless. Some measure of it might be useful. Now, what becomes the adjudicator? What becomes a judge here with this? This is where it goes back to maybe your skepticism and where I've also made peace with it. God. There's some things that we may have a privilege to see. You know, I remember, remember last week I said that, you know, there's an astrologer who believes that they can see the mind of God. I don't go that far. I think there are moments where we have points of intervention where we can see things clearly and meant to see them to be able to make different choices or be informed. There are other things we will not see. There are other things we will not know. So whenever an astrologer or a tradition says that I can see all the different aspects of your life and that that proves exactly how it is, I think that is going more toward hubris rather than what becomes helpful. But you have to kind of check in with your spirit with your guides, with your understanding, to feel how that resonates, how that really speaks truth in your life. Now, some things you may not believe, like, you know, an astrologer had come to me when I was in grad school and said, like, you're going to be an astrologer. And in fact, I didn't, it wasn't an astrologer, but I went to a Babalao and he's like, you're going to be a diviner. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. Right. You know, I didn't believe that, but Somehow there was a part of me who was like, "Eh, well, let's see. Maybe I'll do that on the side. Who knows? But I I didn't think that was going to be like my job. But here I am. Oh, by the way, that same astrologer who I said, you know, in India who said, you're going to die, you know, by some kind of bite or whatever. Some things he got right. Absolutely right. He said like, oh, I see you having, you know, this particular disease or dealing with this. I was like, okay. And I was already in the early stages of dealing with that. But at the end, he said, I didn't tell him anything about myself. He said, I also see that perhaps it'll be very good for you to study astrology. I think you'd be very good at it. And I was like, oh, thank you very much. Right? Wow. So well, I mean, there's some things that that manifest. So it's not always about being a hundred percent.
0: I went um, I went someplace, I didn't mean to, but there was a uh, somebody praying over a particular I was a, a reporter. Um there was an opening of of this um nonprofit and I went there and they had a Baba Lau praying over it. And he said to me, um, that you you're gonna have fibroids. Well I was like I'm a black woman. Duh, no. Uh and you. you're gonna have a, a son. You're gonna have a boy. And I was in my early twenties. I went to my gynecologist and I was like, he said I have fibroids. Uh I told her the story. She humored me. I love her to this day. Shout out to Dr. Rhonda Nichols. She was like, girl, what? He said, what? Well, okay let's do an ultrasound you have no fibroids um years later though i did very small but he was like you need to have a son you're gonna have a son and that didn't happen so i was i'm skeptical of all of this and and i want to get back to the personality part you know Mm -hmm. that i didn't do the
1: bad part of it i mean i I started the bad part of it but yeah that's where it can kind of get worse but yeah let's go back to the personality
0: yeah Like, what makes a Taurus a Taurus or a Gemini a Gemini or? A well yeah, I
1: didn't get the other part, which is the, the, the practical aspect of it. I gave you the spiritual. Here's the practical aspects of it that I've, I've worked out. And you know, I, I think both can be true in a certain way. One of the things that we are often reluctant to accept is that even as individuals, we are functioning within a cultural continuum. And that cultural continuum, you know, not just in terms of just genetics and biology, has some measure of dictate about what happens in our lives. So one of the things I think about as the mechanics related to astrology, independent of what I said spiritually, is that our notions of time and the mythical notions that we ascribe to time, like today is Monday, a moon day, right? And how we use the sexagesimal system of 60 minutes to an hour and all these ideals of 12. This comes from the same mythology, the same sense of crafting that created astrology. You know, the Babylonians who created this sexagesimal system that we use are the same Babylonians by which we have the first aspects of meetings related to the constellations and the signs. So embedded in culture, right? in the culture that we use are all the mythologies by which we ascribed to everything in terms of time and whatever. We are still creatures of time. So what happens by virtue of being born at particular times, particular points, is that the astrologer uses a particular hermeneutic interpretive powers of, you know, mythology ascribed to time and meaning to talk about some aspects of your personality. Some of these factors by virtue of being able to look at all these things that we've embedded into these meanings will land and have resonance, have specific resonance. Some other things may not, right? Now we tend to say like they don't, they don't because of free will or whatever. Well, one thing, cause I'm also skeptical of how we ascribe so much to free will, right? And what we talk about in terms of free will. Some of it could just be like, that dude's just wrong, right? I mean, like you just, it just doesn't connect There are other things that do connect. Now, why they don't connect, it could be, quote unquote, this free will, or it could be that it's latent um, and may manifest later in your life, or it could be that it's just not something that's there. Same thing that we go through in terms of genetics. People don't talk about, you know, and think genetics are flawed because you have certain genotypes and certain particular genes that may never activate but are there, right? Right. Right. So it just depends on the circumstances and things that, that kind of bring it to the fore. So when we say, and this is why a whole chart is important, because you are not just a Taurus, right? You have other elements that you know, relate to you. You have a rising sign. You have a moon sign. Then you have the dynamics between the planets, so how they become highlighted. Um, all those things become more activated in terms of talking about you as a rounded individual with your unique story and even then i don't believe i can tell your whole story
0: yeah and as you're talking you know my father used to say you're gonna have high blood pressure you know so just be ready and i was like no i'm not he was like yep i have high blood pressure my mama had high blood pressure your mother has high blood pressure you're gonna have high blood pressure it's genetic i was like no it's not y'all eat horribly so um (laughs) yeah i'm not gonna guess what Samuel? Don't have it. I don't have high blood pressure. My blood pressure runs a little low. My cholesterol is 138. I don't play because once he said that to me, it triggered, can I fix this? Is there something I can do to prevent it? And my answer was yes. So I went down that rabbit hole. How do I not get high blood pressure? Oh, don't eat this, this, and this. No problem. Done. And it worked. And I don't eat meat. And that brought my cholesterol way down as well. So it's like, you can do something. So if you read a chart and you tell me, you're gonna do this, you're gonna die from this or this or that. Are there things you can do?
1: Yes. Yeah. So one of the things that is even built into aspects of astrology, whether we're talking about Eastern or Western, something called remediations. There are particular things, particular prayers. But I, being a Westerner, I believe on particular actions you can take, whether you can take them purposefully or whether you can take them unconsciously, I'll give a few examples. So I've said to clients, like this is a particular time frame where you might need to be careful in terms of what you eat, specifically in terms of sweets, because you can gain weight. Now, this person could just like, ah, forget that guy, I'm not doing that. Then sure enough, you, know, you end up gaining weight, right? Because that's kind of what I see. But if you say like, okay, yeah, I have been thinking about eating a lot more of other things and I've been depressed. So you can take different measures that would help offset the possibility of gaining weight. In terms of per- personal testimony, um, this wasn't so much by astrology, but it was so much by somewhat of accident that I can testify now as an astrologer, my own astrologer, um, that had someone told my father, might have anticipated, I have a bad, bad temper. So when I was younger, you know, I would just get into random fights, you know, I would go up to the bully and be like, your mama. And then like, you know, suddenly we're in a fight, right?
0: And for, and wait, hold on. But you're, you're not a man that's a, a big stature. So no. you would be picking fights with people.
1: I didn't care. Right. Yeah. Well, that was partly also because I wasn't a man of stature. And you know, I was like, I'd rather be preemptive than wait for you. Oh, right.
0: Okay. So, I'm so your ass, since you already are sizing me up thinking that, uh, okay. Hilarious. But my father
1: did something incredibly wise that was now, you know, looking back at my astrology, looking at my chart, it was the best solution. My father was like, you know, and I don't have a big stature because I had a lot of birth defects and particular issues. So my mother was very protective of me. Um, but my father was like, you know, I'm gonna put that boy in the ring. You can't put him in the ring because you know, what if he gets hurt, he gets hurt or something happened. I don't care what you say, put him in the ring, right? And training me on how to fight um, also satisfied me not being fearful about you know whether I could handle myself or you know challenge someone else. And then it was the discipline of dealing with fighting that made me respect fighting more i didn't get in any more fights i didn't feel the need to kind of go up to a bully and challenge so that was conditioning my mars and capricorn like you can take the higher ground now this is something a wise astrologer might have been able to say to my father if he had gone to him and and looked at my chart but my father just went more with his gut so sometimes mother wit wisdom kind of comes in where astrology hasn't had time to do that. But know going to an astrologer can give you a leg up with remediations or actions that you can do so if you know that you're prone to depression or you're going toward a depressing time then it may be a time where you can call on and have extra support ready or that you might you know take your saint john's warp a little more diligently there are other things that you might be able to do
0: all right we i i uh want to keep these in bite-sized morsels so uh, can you give us, you know, and, and next week, uh, you know, let's, let's start breaking down the signs. We're going to do it this week, but I think we should spend a little time with history and foundation yeah, yeah. Um, and however long that takes because I'm actually building, building the understanding for myself as well. You, you talked a little bit about art and science and you talked a little bit about, you know, yeah. mythology what what is this and historically did the babylonians introduce us to this i'm sure what was it the ancient africans the egyptians like who brought astrology to the fore
1: all of them so the, the, and i'm giving that answer i know that seems like well that, that can't possibly be true but um this is where i guess being an old african-american studies student and professor comes in my skepticism what the historical record shows is that the earliest aspects of what we call astrology, right, um, has its beginnings, and usually people cite it in terms of Mesopotamia, in terms of the Fertile Crescent. But what's interesting in that same region, if you were to ask Indians where did astrology come from, and they're, they're funny for me with this, they'd be like, it started in India, okay, and then you know it went um, out into Babylon, or it was kind of more this dynamic between what became Babylon or Sumeria, Mesopotamia, and then India, right? So there is no documented record of this per se in India proper, but we find record of it in Samaria. But there's a question. If we go down to Africa, right, and we go to Egypt, the Egyptians weren't necessarily using the same zodiac early on as the Babylonians, but they definitely had their own astronomy and astrology, especially related to what we call the the Deccans, which later becomes absorbed by the Greeks in Alexandria around the first century, or just before the first century BC by the Romans. So in terms of the, the initial start of what we kind of call an astrology, It could be from even the hinterland going toward upper Egypt into what we call Sudan, into Ethiopia, um, in terms of some aspects of the astronomy that's there, especially related to the observation. Because if if you've ever wondered, you look at a chart, like there's the eastern side, which is the left, there's a western side, and then you have the southern sky and the northern. Some people say like, where did that come from? Well, it's interesting that the earliest record of it in terms of finding a chart you know we have a river one of the few rivers if not the only one that flows from the south to the north which is the nile oh, yeah. so if we have the southern part of the sky and then the northern it may be because that's where the egyptians and how the egyptians conceived of the world right And that's why it was upper egypt we would think that that's north no upper egypt was more toward the south what we would call the south and then there was lower egypt so you know, that's always a tricky questions when question when people ask like, "Well, what's the origin of it?" There's a documented history, which is mainly penned by Europeans, right? And then there is the history by which we we can we can think about and conjecture. So even when I talk to more of my Afrocentric colleagues, they always think like, "You're on the side of the Europeans." No, I'm not on the side of the Europeans in the sense like I understand documentation, right, as a scholar. So I have to talk about what's documented. But as also a meta-scholar, meaning thinking about how scholarship happens, you know, in the tradition of Foucault and other people, I also can realize that it may be in someone's best interest that things are documented a particular way. So, you know, I'm not going to poo-poo on the Indians and say like, oh, because you have no record documents other than like what you conjecture as text, that you didn't have a hand in it. I'm not gonna say that it's only the Sumerians, right? And I'm definitely not gonna say it's not the Egyptians. But I would say that in terms of what brought them all together, as far as we can document, in terms of now the 12 signs and the houses and things like that, that is from Alexandria, still in Egypt.
0: Thank you, which is still in Africa, okay. Mm. And, and you know, and I think even as we study the signs, it's all about validation, right? People want to validate their existence and they want to, uh, you know, in many ways, you know, it's jockeying for position, which is why I'm grateful that we're going to be doing this kind of uh, dissemination of each sign and the value of each sign because we're all valuable, especially when we come together with, you know, as I'm building my team right now, I'm, I'm looking for people who can push me to my better self and I'm looking for people who are gonna challenge me. I don't want yes people, I don't want folks that are just gonna do what I tell them to do because I don't have all of the answers. And knowing that, knowing that is super important that I surround myself with people with answers I can't even think of the questions for.
1: And the key thing though for people to understand too, because we often think and compartmentalize ourselves like I am Scorpion, you are Taurus, you're Gemini, you know, you have all 12 signs of the Zodiac within you. They're just in different proportions. So it's kind of working with the proportions you have and then even augmenting what you don't have to become all of it, to become a full human being.
0: Is there somebody in history that you study? Because I know you also study the signs of people who have been here before, which I love, which I can't wait to start talking about. You know, tell me about, you know, Malcolm X, you know, tell me about Martin. Um, is there somebody that has realized all of, the, all of the signs in their lived life that you studied?
1: I mean, there are people who are documented as such. I mean, um, one interesting person, you know, even though we don't have his exact birthday, but we do celebrate his birthday every year um, during something called Visak, is um, the Buddha, you know, Siddhartha, right? So here's something interesting we celebrate his birthday. Siddhartha's birthday, even though it may not be exact, his birthday, um, during a Scorpio full moon, right? Which means he is, dun, 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 get ready, he's a Taurus. Right? What? So on, the Buddha, yeah, is often honored as a Taurus. Um, and that fits for me, right? I don't have any definitive proof, so I don't know if we have like his actual birthday, as I said, but VSAC. Um, spelled W-E-S-A-K, sometimes with a V as well. Celebrate more in the East than so much the, the Western world. Um, when we Why it fits is because Scorpio is dealing with the rolling passions of what is beyond our sight. And Taurus is dealing more in terms of dealing with the sensual world and what's within our sight and senses. So that really encapsulates how the Buddha walked the middle path between the two, you know, both in terms of roiling in terms of the soul and dealing with one's passions and dealing also with the delights of the world, but forging the middle path. So, I mean, and he realized, according to the biographical myth of him, he realized all his previous lives, which depending on how you might look at it, he believed that he, wasn't just along a particular track of lives, but maybe all of our lives, right, in terms of realizing what the one is, Mm. you know, in terms of what enlightenment, because the one thing that's weird about how people absorb Eastern thought, they sometimes only absorb parts of it, because, you know, one thing that the Buddha talked about was how things, including the aspect, the idea of the soul, was contentless, you know, that it doesn't have any one particular thing. It's not with one essential quality other than you know, the idea of essence itself, but people will say like, well, you know, back in my other life when I was Nefertiti, blah, 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 and they get into that. He didn't romanticize his other lives. He used them as understanding points for broadening one's compassion, and it's interesting when people start talking about their other lives and trying to bring them together, they really kind of focus in on one particular life and just the trauma of it, but not really releasing it, you know, Mm. so, but he would be one life definitely, I would say, that absorbed you know different elements of it. Um, I also believe. I mean, even though there's no one chart for it as well, and I'm not just saying this because you're a Taurus, but it's, there's another person I, I think about to know that you are not. But one other person, for obvious reason, as a Muslim um, that I think about in terms of his life and absorbing so much is the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, who I believe also, whether you're looking at his chart for 571 A.D. or 570, I believe he also was a Taurus. Right? Um, born with Jupiter and Saturn conjoined together in Scorpio. Right? Mm-hmm. Which this is significant because one of the things I hope we get to talk about is that there's a big event coming together with Jupiter and Saturn coming together for, I think I mentioned this on the show, where there's the birth of prophets. Um, and so that's happening again with Jupiter and Saturn in Aquarius. When? So, um, December 21st on the solstice. What? And. What are you yeah. Um it's a it's a big moment and it's also a big moment because they're gonna be pretty close in actual astronomical alignment. So they're gonna actually look at one big star. Again, wow. almost like you know, like the Magi saw. So Whoa. it's um it's a it's a big moment. So I also think about his life and what he sought to integrate. Cause one thing people and this is random, um, when the Prophet Muhammad was born. His name was unique. No one had, you know, now, you know, like there's a Muhammad on every block. There were no other Muhammads. He was, you know, perhaps the first Muhammad and, you know, as a a bringer of peace into all, you know, embodiment, the aspect, embodying the idea of praise and to whom we give praise, right? To the all, that's how I might say it. he also strove to kind of bring together like being human while also aspiring towards the divine, which really was also the message of the Buddha.
0: And as you're talking, you know, I was sitting thinking about past lives and if matter, this is science, cannot be created nor destroyed. Of course, who we are, our essence of being has always been. And I think, you know, the journey of life is to remember, remember, remember. Literally. Back in membership with, what you've always been.
1: That's what religion literally means too, right? Religion, mean. yeah, to re rebind to bring together. Miligare.
0: Really got chills, because, you know. Really Miligare, um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Because, we, you know, all of us are discovering things at different times, right? You know, and and when you discover something and other people don't get it, sometimes we want to, like, why don't you know, you know? but everyone's at their own pace discovering whatever this thing called life is. And we need to have space and time for that to happen, but everyone should be in pursuit of it. Right. And that
1: goes back to your point. I know we're trying to wrap up, but that goes back to your point in terms of how you're building your team, how I think about building my team. It's um, astrology. My studies in astrology has definitely broadened my sense of compassion and understanding that people walk along different paths and more, finding pathways in your own heart to accommodate their walks rather than thinking that the one you walk is singularly the one that should and is available.
0: I want to just pause there um, and, th- and thank you for that because uh, it's the thing that I have most received in the last several years that I think has changed my life. You know I, I, I felt for many many years that I knew better i was right my way was right and what i'm learning every day is that there are many right ways mm-hmm. you know um, narrow is the path that leads to salvation but there are many paths to get to that narrow road and I that's think correct to leave capacity for that um just even in our interactions this, this world is on fire right now because everybody is uh, too many people are hunkered into what they think they believe and they don't wanna open themselves up to believe anything else, which is why I think this this uh, journey that you and I are on with unlocking astrology is, I think, super important because it's really not about astrology. Astrology no, is the gateway. It's that's the gateway true. Yes, so. Yeah,
1: that, we to- hit it on the head. That's, you know, I even have to say that and remind that to astrologers because they get, we get all tied up with our particular methods and ideas and I'm like, it could be any of it. I. I only come down hard on those who get rigid and say, like, this is the right way. Like, oh, I should use sidereal. Sidereal is the right astrology, which is the idea that we kind of try to relate it more to the constellations itself. So, for instance, you notice I said signs rising, not constellations rising. That's because in astrology's history, um, I don't want to go too deep into it. Maybe we can do that. Start the next time we meet. But... There was a closer parallel to the constellations that now we call the the sidereal zodiac. But one thing I'll say sidereal, or what we now normally call the tropical, neither one used exactly the, the actual constellations and the actual, because they're all different sizes. So, you know, astronomers like to, you know, clown astrologers, they like to think that we don't know what we're talking about. It's like, you know, there are 13 constellations that would fit along the ecliptic. But you know that was never the conception of astrology. Nobody ever did that. Even though we've known about Orphiochus or Phiochus for two thousand years, so we didn't know about it. We just didn't see the need to include it because that's not how astrology has worked.
0: Well, we're gonna unlock it for people. We're gonna unlock it. All of the all of the links uh, in the description. Give us the thumbs up. Subscribe. Uh, and if you want your chart read, it's going to take a while because Samuel is backed up.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, but book it so that way you're in the loop. So
0: there you go. There you go. Let me thank you. I love you. Uh, and I love who you, you. are. And I appreciate you, um, you know, picking up the baton when I asked you to. So
1: thank you. Thank you for offering. All right.
0: Samuel Reynolds, y'all. Unlock Astrology. See y'all next week.